You're listening to BNI, the Australian Story Podcast, brought to you by BNI Australia, Australia's largest business referral organisation. For more information how your business can benefit from BNI and to find your local chapter, go to our website at bni.com.au. Now here are your hosts, Veronica Lee Zamato and Brent Edwards. Episode 131 of BNI, the Australian Story Podcast. Only 708 podcasts behind BNI, the official podcast. So we're, we're making way. My name is Veronica, and I'm here with our co host and executive director of Melbourne South, Mr. Brent Edwards. Hi, Brent. Hi, V. Hi, everyone. Hey, not to take anything away from the good doctor or. Uh, or um, Mr. Roberts, who's actually trying to beat him to a thousand, but ours are more than ten or twelve minutes. Ours are anywhere between half uh, half an hour to an hour, uh, half a CU or a full CU. So you know, I think what we're losing in volume, we're making up in quality uh, of bringing our members' stories to everyone. I think you're right, and also anyone who knows either of us personally would know that it's uh, it's not hard for both of us to have a bit of a chat. So, no, no, we do that pretty easy. <laughs> we, we couldn't do it in 15 or so minutes. But this is a fun podcast because we're going to go back and have a look at five uh, of the podcasts that we've done out of the 131. And not they're not the five best because we've kind of done this before, but we're just every now and again going back and revisiting podcasts that, you know, were interesting, uh, that people – you know, gave us a lot of um, reaction over. And so I might just get you to give us a bit of a brief intro into episode, um, well, the first episode we're going to look at out of our five today. Yes, and and that's right. We're just taking some clips from some of uh so, some of our, I think they all, I think they, all these have been pretty great, actually, yeah. uh, the ones we picked out. And we've picked out some uh, some absolute gems from them today. So we're going to share with him share them with you today and uh, over the holiday period uh, this will be a longer podcast it'll be around about an hour so you'll get a full CEU up and running you can report when you actually come back so our first one is from episode 114 and Veronica and I got the opportunity to sit down with uh, Paul Harrison from uh, B&I Melbourne West and uh, talk about his B&I success hacks, but uh, Paul is actually a, um, well, start off as a member, then a director, you'll hear his story, but as he worked up through the B&I chain, he made more and more money from B&I, so let's hear from Paul now. Now, I've, I've got some intel oh, uh, on you from your uh, <laughs> from your executive director. Um, oh, you know, I've, I've, during this conference... People calling executive directors EDs, so we've got, we got to get rid of that because as soon as your phone here hears ED, I'm getting all these messages about other things, oh. not executive directors. So <laughs> that's something I've got to control. So anyway. <laughs> As a side note. <laughs> As a side note. But um, uh, your first year, um, you had a lot of people say, why are you putting all this time into this system? You're not really making a great deal out of it. People still say that to me today. Um, you know, so when I started, I was just a normal member, not doing anything extra, really, just trying to work out how to use BNI to actually build my business because I started with a zero client base. Um, and so 
that sort of was a learning experience. I always say to people who enter B&I in their first 12 months, you know, it, it, your first 12 months is all about learning. Just learn. Just soak it up and learn and, and do the best you can. If you get some, some sales out of it, that's great. But really, um, you won't learn the essence of the B&I in the first sort of few months. You need to kind of get a feel of it. But um, what I've found, I had, it's probably an interesting question because I get asked more of that now than I ever get asked because now I have... I'm a director of support for two chapters. I'm launching another chapter and wow. I'm a president of a chapter and I have my own business. And, um, and so people always say to me, you know, how do you fit this all in? Like, yeah. how can you possibly run your business? Yeah. And all I can say to them is I run my chapters and my business the same way, which is I delegate, get the right people in the right spots, delegate, follow up, delegate, follow up. Um, and if you do that, even when you're administering a chapter or a business, it's the same thing. And if you're a director, you've got multi, just a multi-site location for like a business owner would run it. So yeah. that's how I look at it. And you, you said before, V, at the very beginning, which is something I truly believe in, and I try to educate lots of people about this. When they ask me this question, I say it's not about B&I as being an extra thing. Yeah. It's actually been... I've made a conscious decision to build... But make being I part of my business, yeah. um, and by doing that, it's not extra time. It's actually just the time that I would spend on my business. And when you change your mentality to do that, um, it changes the game completely. Yeah. Um, and so, I heard yesterday one of the speakers say, "If you give um, full participation, um, that's where you get maximum value." Yeah. And I feel like I get maximum value from being I because I've actually given full participation by making sure that I just do everything to the fullest and try and leverage it, but also share that um, that gift with people who don't know about B&I and yeah. people who are already members but maybe aren't leveraging it like they could be. So It is, it is a tool too. B&I system is a tool. And there are lots of tools that we have in our business to make our business more efficient, make it run more smoothly, help us be more working on the business and in the business. So... I think we need to take away that perception that it's actually, it's a, it's a time sucker. It's actually not. It's a game changer. If you want to play a bigger game, you need a bigger tool. And BNI is a global tool that over 300,000 members around the world are using. And we hear it all the time, Brent, don't we? It's the best kept secret. Why didn't I know about this? And the fact that you had to look for a network meeting blows me away. Mm. Like, why hadn't someone ever mentioned to you at some point, and you would have passed 100 BNI members during your work life, yep. what do you do to meet new people and make new connections? Right. I'd love to invite you to meet some of mine. Like, I don't, I don't understand why people are still finding us without <coughs> being invited. Yeah, correct. Now, um, Paul, in that first year, I've got some more intel. <laughs> in, that per, in that first year, um, I hope you don't mind me talking figures. Sure, sure. So, um, in that first year... Uh, you probably only turned over about sixteen thousand dollars worth of closed business from B&I, yeah, from yeah. B&I, yeah. which I thought was pretty good, Brent. I thought that you know two thousand dollar investment, yeah. seventeen thousand back. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, not seen how it I know they got some of my money the other night. Um, so, um, but in the second year, when you actually decided to step up and get the visibility of becoming president for your chapter, that amount actually doubled. Mm. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so again, you know, people see leadership in being often as a burden. Uh, it's a time sucker. Um, you know, I have to inherit all the problems of a chapter and I've got to do all this work. And, um, and I sort of made a very conscious decision that I want to step into leadership to support others 
in the chapter, um, first and foremost. And then I did see the opportunity. Like, I thought, we, if we're going to try this system out and do it properly, again, uh, full, full participation equals maximum value. So I actually really put that on the table and said I'm going to give this everything I've got I really know how to run businesses I reckon I can really use those skills and experiences to help run the chapters better um, and get get members more value if we get members more value honestly that was my main goal I wasn't thinking about I'm going to build a chapter and add 20 members or anything like that what I was thinking about is the current members I have in front of me how can I give them more value how can I make them really proud to walk in every week to our chapter and want to be here and walk away going that was awesome use of time so I really worked on that and by working on that that's actually allowed me to then further without even doing anything other than that um my own visibility and credibility in the chapter and throughout the region because then people have seen me, you know, the chapter rise and they've seen the performance rise and they've seen members come and convert and um, so it's kind of been a a bit of a a flow-on effect from that and of course, yes, the outcome of that was that every year upon year I've, um, you know, it was 17 to sort of let's say 38 the the following year, the following year after that's 150, right? So um, 150k in the third year exponential growth so yeah we're we're not talking about just double double we're talking about if you actually put the time and you actually give yourself fully to it and you actually think about it as your way of doing business you actually can really benefit but you've got to you've got to give yourself to it you can't do it by halves and if you do it by halves it you won't get the full benefit you know the um the quote that's coming to mind now and brent you'll be able to remind us who said it people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care so for me... That's a Dr Ivan Meisner It's a Dr Ivan Meisner. Um, I can already imagine you standing up there. They've realised how much you care and then they want to know how much you know. Yeah. But the main thing was they know how much you care. Correct. And now you've got, you've got their trust. Yeah. So just to backtrack, we've gone from 16K, doubled <laughs> it. Now in the third year, we've, it's gone up by 500% from the second year. Yep. And... The visibility of being uh, on the leadership team has really helped that. And I heard someone say yesterday, and I really agree with this, a lot of people think, well, I don't agree that a lot of people think that, uh, a lot of people do think that um, leadership is a poison chalice in a B&I group. Oh, I'm not going to get time. Oh, it's a, you know, it's a, you know, it's, wants it's a job? hassle. You know, I don't want the responsibility. Yeah. In B&I, leadership's an opportunity. And it's an opportunity to get more visibility. It's an opportunity to make more money. It's an opportunity to change things you don't like in your chapter. And in your own business and grow. Yeah, yeah. and well, all the training and everything yeah. that you get from leadership uh, and the experience you get from leadership with dealing with people helps in your own business. So it is an opportunity. A lot of people treat it like a poison chalice and they think it's going to be more work, but it's an opportunity for your business. So um, then you actually put your hand up and said, well, be nice, bigger. This is more than just me, my chapter being president, you actually sought out to be on the DNA team, yep. which is directors and ambassadors, which are the people who help the executive directors manage chapters. So what happened there? Yeah, so I, I messaged Helen. I could see that... Um, so we have, you know, ambassadors for our chapter, and uh, I hadn't seen them for a while. So I said to Helen, hey, are you struggling with ambassadors? Do you need help? Do you want me to... You know, I'm happy to help, right? And Helen Searle is a gun... Executive director. She, she knows is. how to launch a chapter. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I I volunteered, and she said, "Oh no, no, no! You're not being an ambassador. You're going to be a director consultant. We need you. We need you. Uh, we need to put your experience to work where we, you know." And then, and, and fair fair point. I mean, 
where we've got, I always believe in that, where you've got people who are strong in certain aspects, you put them in the right positions and it works. So um, so I jumped with that, with, you know, really um, both hands and, and grabbed that opportunity to be a director consultant for uh, for one of the chapters that was um, sort of fairly new and, um, and just basically went in there and... Um, tried to implement a very similar philosophy to what I've done in my own chapter um, and that meant that there had to be some changes in leadership um, because just the observations I'd made was the chapter was a bit flat and uh, and so we did that and then it was immediate effect as soon as we did that um, the bus had the wrong people in the wrong seats it on the bus it basically changed not yeah. overnight but within a month you know they went from not having visitors or not converting visitors to suddenly you know applications coming in converting them growing the chapter again, not going backwards, yeah. um, running the meetings properly. You know what? Just living the bloody... the values and, yeah. and, the, and the actual system, using the system Don't as it should be. Don't reinvent the wheel because the wheel was invented <laughs> over 38 years of testing and measuring. Correct. It, no, it does work and there's people at a very high level with a lot more experience than me who can see when things need to be changed. Yeah. And they accept the feedback. So why are we trying to change things, take things out of the um, agenda move things around, do them yeah, in different orders. That's right. It doesn't work. Well, I've seen chapters where, to be honest, they change the slide deck and take B&I logos off it and pretend they're not B&I. Oh, dear. Um, because they don't want to offend visitors or have visitors think that they're some sort of cult or whatever they think in their own mind, but they're actually only reflecting what they believe. If you're and they're actually doing you 150 grand in the third year, doing themselves bring out the goat. 100%. <laughs> I, I can tell you, I can tell you if a... If a, if a if a McDonald's franchisees went out the front and took down the golden arches because he thought McDonald's had a His bad... was vegan. Because uh, he, he <laughs> yeah. thought McDonald's had a bad name, McDonald's would come and lock the doors and change the locks on that yeah. place within hours. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, you know, um, we joined B&I because we're proud of, you know, what we're doing. We joined it for a system already. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got to show that... We've got to show that joy and the why, the why we love it to the people that come in the room, not be... You know, not be um, you know worried about you know people thinking we're a cult or anything. You know, as I always say, cults do exactly what the leaders say. The members don't, uh, so they can't, they can't they can't be a cult. So you know, um, <laughs> but you know, it's just yeah. Why are you there if you if you if you're not proud of what you're a part of? Leave. Yeah. Yeah. You know, leave. Yeah. Um, so we went from the third year, 150k. Uh, you've joined the DNA team, and the business has gone up to 350, and now you're starting to, you know, take in BNI national conference, BNI international conferences. You were at um, Singapore recently. Yes. So, how have you leveraged the opportunity there? Well, I think um, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something that I think I might have said this on the podcast last time I was in Singapore. We talked, and uh, I did say that it's just such a mind blowing experience to come to these things because we all come with the shared values the reason that we spend our money and get on a plane and come here is because we believe in what we're doing and when you get into a room with people with the mindset like that with the shared values it becomes 
in, really, it's like Disneyland um, for adults. That's how I see it. It's so much fun, <laughs> I love that. and it's like it's yeah. like it's like Nirvana for yeah. for yeah. networkers, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, people go all their lives and they spend all their time and money going to all these different type of networking events, yeah. and they never go to B and I because they think, oh, there's KPIs and it's too much work and yeah. all the excuses yeah. you can make. But the reality is, the Nirvana is here because yeah. this is where there's actually shared values across the world. Yeah. So whether it's in Australia or it's in it's a, it's a global conference. You can only benefit, even if your business is purely state-based, you would still benefit from seeing what your peers are doing in other states yeah. that you could pick up. So, for example, there's been some amazing business coaches um, speak on the stage yesterday and um, just fantastic stuff. Now, if I was a business coach in Melbourne, I would have benefited by getting on a plane yeah. and seeing what my peers are doing and how yeah. they're presenting, things yeah. they're using in their business that I could use with my clients and future clients. So yeah. I do think that it's just a huge opportunity and um, that's how you've got to look at it. You talked about it before, Brent, you know, leadership's an opportunity. I, I think every single part of b and is an opportunity to really yeah. grow yourself, grow your business and, um, and further, you leverage the, further leverage the investment. And okay, so we're back. I've got to tell you, Brett, that when we spoke to Paul that day, uh, it was at National Conference, and I say this all the time, get to National Conference, get out of your chapter and go and see the wider world of B&I, uh, because Paul just happened to be walking by you and I, and we just said, hey, you, do you want to come over and do a bit of a, um, a podcast with us? And he had an unbelievable story. So it's not just about, you know, who you know, it's about being in the right room with people that you know are good people. And we ha- he, he changed the way that I launched chapters. And not because he told me anything that I hadn't heard from B&I, but he told me how he actually put it into context and reminded me that B&I is his business and he runs his business and his B&I simultaneously. They're not two separate things. Yeah, he runs B- he's run his runs his B&I membership like he runs his business. And that was really the key thing out of it and why he's so successful in, in B&I and in business. So, and I have to let you in on something, V. Um, his executive director, Helen Searle, gave me a tip off how good he was. So, um, uh, he wouldn't have been there, right? Yeah, we probably would have been a bit harder. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. So we do we do get um, you know a bit of a tip about someone who's doing a great job, and people ring in and all that kind of stuff. But how many fantastic conversations and podcasts have we done when we've been in these places? Oh yeah, it's been fan. Yeah, it's great to just catch people doing vox pop and and getting their opinion as well. And that's one of the things where I've like we've been able to mix it up. Uh, through doing this as well hey we're going to go on to the next clip now and this was when we had Priya Marie Robert from Adelaide from B&I Advantage and those of you who who study the uh, the chapter sizes on B&I Australia will notice that B&I Advantage has been right up there uh, for some time around the high 60 70 mark uh, for some time in Adelaide there and doing a really good job and we spoke to her about the advantage of abundance in the chapter and uh, how they actually got to that size by having an abundance mentality and, you know, getting up to six or seven coaches in the room alone who do different things. So let's hear from Priya. What size was the chapter way back when? Oh, I think when I joined, we were about 30. Um, So, you know, it was a fairly nice sized room. Uh, Simon Derek Roberts was um, 
really helpful for me, uh, you know, had a meeting with me, explained how at that time I held the recruitment seat um, and I said, look, I've got a lot of work overseas, but I'm trying to build here, but I think we're going to move it into coaching. I just haven't, I haven't launched that yet. Um, and I found that we were very fortunate because we had so many members that had done our BNI director training. And so they just were very lovely to say, come on in and how do we set you up for success? Wow. And now you've, uh, like a lot of people would think 30 was a really good size chapter. Yeah. But now you've grown it by another 40 members. So you've not only doubled that, you've added more. So how did this growth come about? This is what we all want to know. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you from my perspective, um, when I joined, it wasn't too long in, they allowed me to be president, um, which was so rad because you got to run the show, right, and bring the energy. And then suddenly COVID happened and we were all like, oh, oh, no. And But it was great. We actually, um, the leadership team was instrumental. So I think as president you get the kudos and the clout, but I would be nowhere if it wasn't for that amazing team. I was very fortunate to have um, people on the team like Marissa Hankinson, uh, Michael Sampson, Tamara, the list goes on. These are seasoned people, Scott White, people who had been there and grown the chapter from nothing. And they were really great because we, I remember when COVID happened, we thought, oh, this is it. Like, what do we do now? Like everyone, we sort of panicked. How are we going to recreate this online experience? And Sue Tyler, who is an amazing human in our chapter, um, she went across to Melbourne, would you have it? And they, they, Melbourne was really nice and they shared what they were doing online. So we got to take some of that great benchmark to ensure that our visitors had an amazing experience. And we then designed new roles because obviously Zoom needed to, to have that extra support. So we're a little bit unsure how it went. But what one member said to me was, Priya, remember, it's like you're running a TV show. So let's just embody Oprah. Uh, we can't give out cars, but we can certainly try and bring this energy. I had Scott White doing all the behind scenes on Zoom because, you know, you're just looking at a camera hoping for the best. And Sue Tyler, again, comes through with, hey, let's have breakout rooms and let's put the right people, the visitors, with the right members so they feel like they're already getting this win. Thank God it worked. And we ended up growing the chapter. We lost a few members, that's the truth, um, but I think it was time for them to go. It was time for that journey. I think we all know running big businesses, attrition is part of life, and that's okay. They found other BNI homes and we're a big BNI family. And then this juggernaut occurred and we had 10 members sign and join when they hadn't even met us in the room yet because we could all come through on Zoom. So that was an amazing experience. But then we were back in the room and I think what, I mean, and I give credit to the leadership teams for the last two to three years, especially our VP and our MC. One of the first things that they all focused on was what's the culture at advantage? Who are we about? What's the DNA? Let's let's bring on people based on culture and values, not just because we need a seat. Let's not do that. And one of the things that came out for us was we're about abundance mindset. We're about co-opetition versus competition. 
And so one of the things I think that they did really well as part of when I was president and also not president was when we had someone come in, and I'll use coaching as an example because that was relevant to me, they would actually say to me, look, we've got a great applicant. They are definitely an advantaged person. However, they are also a coach. Priya, we respect you as a member. We care about you making sure that you continue to grow, but we think this person would be a good fit how about you and him or her have a coffee? And so that's what would happen. So the MC and VP would allow me to sit in on an interview or even just have a chance to have a coffee. And what happened in that process is the coach, so two coaches, could go, hey, this is my style. I'm actually going after these clients and I do it this way. Oh, I don't do it that way. I do it this way. And so now from my understanding, I could be wrong, but I understand that we're also the only chapter in Australia Plus me, I have six other coaches in the room. Six? Six there. I've got my notes five. So it's grown. We've got six now. We've got two accountants. We've got two financial planners. And, again, it goes back to that that value, which is we are about uh, abundance. And it's about setting that person up for success. So what I would say to every membership committee, every member out there, have that coffee meeting first and work out who you are how you're different, how you can add value. And any member that you bring into the room, always remember we are here to set them up for success. It's not just about us. And so what ended up happening was so coach after coach started applying because I was doing really well. I'm in this crowded market. I'm not some huge name. And B and I continues to just grow and grow and grow my business. And so every coach that I met I would tell them my story how I went about it I would give them the advice that my mentors gave me Jun Fee, Marissa Hankinson these are very seasoned people in South Australia that you know are million dollar members etc etc um and so then what would happen was I could then say to my clients hey I know you want to work with me however I'm not an expert in trades so building in construction and trades it's not really my jam but I've got an amazing trainee coach um, that is proven, money-back guarantee. His name is Paul Rogers. And so what ended up happening was this person comes in and, of course, if you've been there longer and you're the first person, the room loves you and has got your back, you know, and is concerned that, oh, is that taking away from Priya's piece of the pie? Not the case. So in the first referral request, because I'd had a chance to be part of the interviewing process, we could come in and in our referral request, I'd be like, hey, I love growing people's sales, but if you're a trade, it's Paul Rogers. And that worked really well. Then the next coach comes in, Tim Horbury. He's the franchise guy. I'm not a franchise girl. So they could work with me and then I'd hand them over to Tim Horbury. Then the holistic coach turns up and she's got vision board workshops and tarot card, a whole other set of mediums to unblock a human being. Then we get a women's career coach and she handles divorce and she's amazing. Then a sales coach comes in and everyone's like, oh, that's a bit close to Priya. Completely different. She does sales training. Then now we've got a public speaking coach in Sanya and then me. So we've got, you know, this, and it's really cool because I think as well what people forget is when you're out there and you're on your own and business can be a really lonely journey BNI just changes that dynamic so I can bring any one of my coaches now and go I'm not sure about pricing I've got this workshop I don't think my powerpoint's right I think I need to they'll all just jump in and help you 
And we always, we laugh now because we feel like we've got a little coaches, you know, coaches club where we can hang out and chit chat. But there's no, there's no backstabbing. There's no problem. There's no, and we're all so respectful of each other, I think, because we are, I think coaches, you know, in general are quite passionate about helping people. So, yeah, and 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 that that's just the coaching example. Then can be accountants, the financial planners. That's how this chapter has really made that 70 mark. We always come back to the culture and our values. So what is an advantaged person? But also, are we setting that person up for success? Because that's our key thing. We don't want someone to join our chapter that isn't going to enjoy the benefits, you know, of of a commercial return because let's be honest that's that's what we all start with we think yeah okay we need more clients we could use some more money but then you just get all these add-ons like the education and then all the support and then the backing and before you know it you're sitting there in a chapter of 70 and we've just moved their leadership team yet again has done an amazing job and all credit to Mel Gibson our current president gets us into the Kent Town Hotel we walk in last Friday guys there's chandeliers, there's this bright, beautiful room, and I'm like, this is advantage. This is the, and you know what? Now we can have visitors. We've got like a room of 100 people. It's crazy. It sounds like you really, oh, sorry, V. No, sorry, I just, um, there was so much information there. I'm just kind of trying to break it all down in my brain. I've got 10 questions. But how, how long are your referral requests? Because you still have a 90-minute meeting. Yeah, 30 seconds. So 30 seconds, great. Yeah, so that makes sense. Everyone goes around 70, 70 minutes, so... 45 minutes. 45 minutes 40, of that. 35 minutes, sorry, yeah, 35 minutes for 70. Yeah. yeah. So I would have believed anything you said then because I couldn't do the numbers in my head, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And I, and I love it too, and I think it, it just got me thinking because we have so many businesses that because they're worried about losing... Mm-hmm. Um, clients, but they're also thinking about. Oh, I'm an expert. I should be able to handle more, but they forget that the, if they could share, they will get more business, and that they are more specialised at. So the quality will be higher. the The financial return will be higher. But we just need to find the right people that have the value of collaboration, not competition, and quality over quantity. And then the quantity comes, obviously. But yeah, I love that. Be a great podcast. He's got chapter hogs, chapter hogs in your chapter. You need to get show them one hundred and ten. Listen to pre. Yeah, I think you know. I think the cool thing about BNI is it's already a proven structure for thirty five years. You don't need to change the machine; it already works. I think you can add your sparkle and shine as you go through the process. That's fine, but I also think that you know you follow that structure; it works. Specific, really is terrific. I can't tell you how many times I've done that and someone's gone, yep, I know, like last week I asked for a mayor of a council and someone's visitor went, yep, I've already set that up for you. How cool is that? When does that ever happen, right? So I think that works really well. But I also think that just drop the gain in giver's gain. Forget about that. It comes organically. Um, And the one thing I would say, if you can in your chapter, just as a leadership team, go back and actually ask yourself the question, what makes a person of your chapter? What's the DNA? What's the culture? Because at, we, we've heard it all, culture eats, you know, strategy of breakfast, all of But the reality is it, it's true. And what a great interview that was. One of the things that I learned, 
not really learned. We know this stuff, but it's reminded to us when we hear people talking about it, is that you just need to really go through the application and the interview process when someone comes into the room. Sometimes someone calls themselves a coach or they might call themselves something that's already taken up in the room, a category that you feel like is already taken, and you really haven't got to know them well enough to understand that they can complement the other people in the room. And that's one thing that really came across for me in that interview. She really got to know the other people and they worked really well together. And I do believe they had seven coaches at one point. Yeah, unbelievable. And you know what? By the way, that chapter does $8 million worth of business a year. So you think that abundance mentality is going to take away um, the money they're making? It just multiplies. Can I just share? We launched a chapter recently and we had uh, obviously the financial planning spot is the most coveted. People have to die or retire to find a spot in a chapter. We have a financial planner who was asked if another financial planner who was looking to get into BNI at some point down the track could come and be his visitor and sit next to him. And uh, he actually came to me and he goes, V, if this financial planner does things a little bit different to me, why can't we have the two of us in the chapter? Why couldn't both of us be in a chapter? That was the financial planner coming to me, asking me the question. And this is why these chapters that are launching with that mentality about contribution, collaboration and abundance, this is why they're doing $8 million a year. That's right. They know if they've got the people in the room, there's enough business for everyone to go around for sure. Hey, the next clip we're uh, going to go into, we spoke to Trudy Yip. Now, Trudy Yip is a real B&I success story. She started off as a as a small bookkeeper, but through B&I and inviting her competitors along and building relationships with her competitors and other chapters, she's become the largest independent bookkeeper in Australia through working those BNI connections. Uh, so it was a really inspiring story. It was episode 104. We spoke to Trudy, if you want to go back and listen to the whole thing. But um, here's Trudy with her story, part of her story. And um, what was the catalyst of wanting you to get into BNI? Um, I just started my business uh formally when I say formally meaning that I was in, um, I was starting to employ people um previously it was just just me old me just doing bookkeeping yeah. and then my motivation for the business was to is to grow it and I thought being let's go with BNI I I think that's a not only will it give me some structure in my sales thinking but it'll also allow me to broaden my network in in the area as well. So I really like this because we get a lot of bookkeepers join BNI who are single person entities. They fill their they fill their book, fill mm-hmm. their time. They don't want to scale, and they all of a sudden they get they don't they, yeah they get overwhelmed and they end the referrals and actually drop out of BNI because they've got all the clients they need. But you are the other way. You were a, you were a single entity and you use BNI. Because you wanted to scale your business, you use B&I as a, as, a, as a vehicle to help scale your business and bring in the extra clients so you could actually put people on and scale what you're doing. That's right. So it, the, the whole intent of B&I was to grow the business um, over time. It was a long-term plan. I always say if you're, if you're a hunter coming into B&I, it's not going to work for you. you. You really need to work, you know, just... Trust those people because you'll probably use them as well. Um, but yes, it was 
formally just to grow the business. And um, I'll give you the, I'll give you a little bit of a, a story over the years that I've been at BNI uh, because we are now the largest independent bookkeeping firm in Australia. Wow. And, it's, wow. and it's off the back of B and I. So, oh, so, so, um, tell us this, what's the scale? How many? How many? Yeah. Bookkeepers? So, I currently have 40, 46 employees. I think it is. Wow. Uh, yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff, right? And yeah. seriously, thanks to BNI. So I, so let me just give you a little bit of background to it. Um, so we've got BNI Presidential. We had what we called a sister chapter um, that met on the Wednesdays. We met on the Fridays. We used to do a lot of uh, subbing for each other. I knew the president. I was president of Presidential then, and I actually also used to sub, but also help support the president in the other chapter. Um, she basically invited me to a lunch and also in, a, and invited my competitor, um, but also introduced her to BNI. Now, I'm a big believer of, because some people get really sort of narky about inviting their competitor in the same industry to a BNI meeting or, um, you know, why would you do that? Where's your loyalty? Blah, blah, blah. But I'm yeah. like, guys, allow your competitor to come in and be introduced and open your eyes to your competitor because in some cases we find that, especially tradies, where they're small operators, the overflow of work, they can refer to, you know, to other tradies and help deliver to the clients. Anyway, I'm going to collaboration, that. not competition. Correct. That's yeah. exactly right. Exactly. And you can trust that other tradie because they're another BNI member and they're not going to be wanting to do a, a terrible job because they'll never get a referred business again. And it just goes mm-hmm. widespread within the BNI community, right? So you're always going to go that extra mile to help your BNI, your fellow BNI member. Um anyway, so so I, I met my competitor and that was um, like I'm going to say about ten years ago that I I met her. Anyway, um, back in 2019, she called me, and I'm like, oh, this is quite interesting. After all these years, us meeting, um, you know, over a meal, being direct competitors, she came to me and said, I need to sell my business. Wow. I'm like, oh, what? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> now, and she's like, why are you coming to me? She said, well, um, it's because you have the same work ethic uh, morals around your delivery of bookkeeping. And at that stage, we both had about 15 people in our in our company. And I was like, okay, well, uh, yeah, right. That was That was in April, May. December 2019, I purchased purchased the business for seven figures. That's the largest bookkeeping transaction that ever wow. happened in Australia. Wow. So you can imagine the, the enormity and the size of oh, overnight, sure. literally, what business wow. I had, right? Crazy, crazy stuff. So yeah. I'm a great believer in invite other people that you might already have categories in your chapter, but be open to to bringing them in 
as a education piece for them. You know, they may not know BNI. You can introduce them to another chapter. You can sponsor them. Um, be open to that. And you just never know because there might be an acquisition or a purchase somewhere yeah. in the mix. If you're looking to grow your business, it might be easier to acquire and just throw on top <laughs> um, all those numbers and all those extra, you know, employees, and especially in today when you're short of resources, right? And acquisition yeah. can be much easier to build your team out, uh, you know, for resources. And it's also about um, a couple of things, not saying no. Like just keep saying yes. Just mm. Keep saying yes to things because you don't know where the next opportunity is going to come from. Yeah. And I love what you said about opening your eyes to your competitors. Like stop treating other people, other human beings, like we're in this race against them. Yeah. We're actually not. If we're in the same space, we're all helping clients. We're all wanting to do great work. We all want to be seen as people who are doing great work and bringing value. Mm. So you've created a trusted relationship because someone put the two of you in a room together and both of you were open to seeing each other as human beings wanting yeah. to do the same things in the world. Absolutely. Really, no. there's, there's, yes. there's plenty of business for everyone, right? Still, yeah. seriously. There is. And seriously enough that she she was my direct competitor and we've never competed on a, on work together. We've never tended for work together. We've never, when I saw, you know, her client list, I'd never even heard of them knowing them anything. So you can imagine when we put them together, it was like we'd never approached these people before. So, yeah, I, I just be open to it. And I, the other thing I also think, if, if a member is feeling threatened by a competitor walking into the room, they've got a problem with their members. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. I agree 100%. If you're worried about a competitor walking in that room taking business from you, yeah. You've got a problem with the relationships in that room. Yeah. Yeah. And how are you how are you walking around in business when there's competitors everywhere? Exactly. Yeah. You know, you, you just need to hold your own and, and hold that space. And it's really important that we understand the privilege that it is to be in that space called a B and I chapter. Absolutely. And one of the um, things I see in chapters when someone sees a competitor walk in the room, um, and they might just be coming to have a look at a B and I meeting to see what it's like. They might yeah. have been sent to a been to a showcase chapter to to find out how a meeting runs so they can possibly start a new one. You know, usually their competitor in the room, if they if they if they haven't got an abundance mentality, usually they'll make a beeline to them and the first thing they'll say is, you can't join here. Yeah. yeah. Which, is <laughs> the most, which is the most short-sighted thing to do. And I see, I still see it now. I see members actually, even if they think there's a there's a slight category conflict, might be a slight category conflict, and they might be, you know, they've got a scarcity mentality. Yeah. And the first thing they do is they get to that person and yeah. and really just put them off. They put them off that group. You know, if you've got yeah. those people in your group, top tip here, you gotta control them. You've got to get on top of them and say, dude or lady, just <laughs> Yeah, lady dude. Lady dude. Don't do that. You, yeah, you just got to get on top of them and say, listen, you, you're not doing this for the greater good. They're, yeah. you know, they're not going to take business off you. So one thing I do do with um, if there's a conflict of category um, is I actually will call my member and just 
give them heads up before the meeting. I'll just go, you know, I'm bringing another accountant in um, and it's more around them just understanding what BNI is all about. They're looking to uh, join a chapter, which is in a different, completely different region, but we thought presidential is a showcase chapter. Why not introduce them to, you know, how our chapter has been going for some time, what what it's like. Once again, what can you say? Give us game. She just... Connected and connected. First thing she did when she got into a chapter is to reach out to another bookkeeper and get to know them in another chapter and then look what happened. It didn't happen overnight. Ten years down the track, <laughs> I mean, I, it's a great I story. Was, I was amazed hearing her story because I actually was introduced to Trudy um, in Singapore at the conference, uh, the previous conference that year, and uh, I didn't know she was so successful through B&I and it built such an empire mm. and uh, doing that podcast was uh, was truly surprising and hey, good on her. She's a, she's a real go-getter and she's working the system beautifully. And so isn't that a great lesson as soon as you join B&I, reach out to people in your industry and other chapters? Yeah, build the relationship and let them know that you're a good person. If those opportunities come up, they'll share, they'll, share clients with you they might even sell their business role to you as well (laughs) that's exactly right (laughs) all right so um our next clip is from episode 86 so we're going back a little bit on this one and we spoke with uh belinda dillon from the gold coast and she's got a building and pest inspection business and uh she went to number one in her region and one of the things she did was invite she was a prolific inviter she invited 150 members in her first four years. So uh, an amazing effort uh, inviting those people and well-deserved in the Gold Coast region. So here's Belinda. And um, B, I need to say too, we are in the midst of uh, greatness because in uh, Belinda's region, she was Notable Networker of the Year for 2021. Wow. That was a, what particular part of your BNI journey was that acknowledged for? Um, oh, overall, I, I assume I stayed in the green, um, and I I was sort of getting my photo, and I heard Ilona mention, and don't forget, this lady knows how to get a visitor in the room. She's got over one hundred and fifty in the time that you know she's been with BNI, and sort of after all that, it was. A bit of a whirlwind. So if if Alona mentioned one specific, all I can remember was the visitor part. That's all. So, but I assume because I stayed in the green and things just work out. I I feel if you put too much pressure on yourself to, you know, try and get too high too fast, it won't work. The longevity's not there. So, you know, no referrals one week, okay. Next week you might have three or four. Yeah. It just sort of rolls off the back of each other. I just I don't want to be stressing about, you know, staying in the green. And I don't have to, I guess, because it does come that organically. You know, you know what's funny, um, and, and Brent, I know you'll know exactly what I'm saying here, is often when we say to people that we need to bring one visitor a month, everyone gasps for air. What? How am I going to do that? And then you've just said you brought 150 in the time that you were there. So what is key i understand your selling point but what is key how do you initiate those conversations and go from just talking about whatever you're talking about to bringing up this meeting so if i see people advertising in a way whether it be on social media 
letterbox drops, spending money to get their business out there, that's my my gate that's been opened for me to say, you know, you need to come along to this group. Like I can't give you the golden ticket but and I don't know your financial position or anything like that, but just come along, come into the uh, room and you make your decision after that. Um, there's no no forced sales from me. I don't want anyone that wants to, you know, that thinks that they need to be there, but then they have to drag themselves to the weekly meeting. The, the longevity will never be there. They need to want to be there. They can see that it's beneficial. Um, and, yeah, so anyone that's spending that money advertising, I just show them a different avenue, that's all. Even if they're not spending money, I... I've been known to, I guess, stalk a few businesses um, on Facebook and and things like that to say, hey, there's this meeting. You might not have heard about it. You may have heard about it, but come and check out my group. It just sort of evolves from there. Are you a visitor host? (laughs) Uh, Not anymore. I'm actually currently um, in the VP position, but I have been a visitor host. I've been the visitor coordinator. Um, So, Yeah. I was actually going to say, Brent, how important is it to have someone who understands the value and has realised the value and the benefits of B&I as a visitor host? Oh, absolutely. And I'm just, I've, I've done some sums while I've been talking and Belinda invites 0.7 visitors per week to her chapter. So wow. that, that's absolutely amazing. And, and when we saw some, some recent stats from B&I Global, you know, 45% of our um, members don't invite anyone at all. So to do 0.7 per week or 150 over four years, that's absolutely amazing. And obviously uh, what a lot of people would probably like to know when we're inviting those people, uh, do you consciously say, okay, I've got to get a visitor this week, I'm going to put some time in the prospecting, or are these just opportunities that you're just meeting during your normal course of business or networking or socialising uh, or, or or getting that advertising through. So do you consciously say, okay, I've got to get a visitor this week and go put 15 minutes into this? Um, not anymore because those situations where I see someone advertising or um, I see someone on Facebook, they come out with um, one, two, maybe 12 opportunities or 12 people that I've got to contact. So usually out of those people that I contact, I am getting that one to like there a week. If not, I might not get anything for, you know, a week before, but then next week I might have six visitors. So it's sort of just, yeah, pans out. I I don't, that's the one thing I do not stress about with my visitors. I just, it just happens because of the social media presence, because of, marketing because of my social circles yeah I just say come along I don't do the hard sell I everyone that I tell that people do ask how do you get them along I go don't hard sell it like don't make people feel pressured they have to come along to this meeting yeah you can't you can't you can't send anyone along via gunpoint <laughs> no <laughs> Never works. Never works. Never, never works. works. Yeah. They never want to join, and I don't know why. <laughs> I, I actually, um, Brent, you say this all the time, your reticular activating system, and I'm like that with referrals. I don't consciously look for a referral. I'm just always looking to see how I can help people in my chapter, and it's just something that's 
always front of mind for me, which I'm thinking is the same for you, Belinda. You're just naturally now always looking to help other businesses. So it's not something that you're consciously thinking about. It's just something in your nature now. It's looking, yep. you know, those opportunities are coming to you. Yep. Yeah, one thing with the with our best, with our best, uh, like highest tier of members within our country and their highest tier of, tier of achievers, that's the way they're programmed. That's, you know, and we've, we've found that by sharing a lot of these stories in the podcast, but even going around the chapters, you see those top tier of members, that's how they're programmed. They're always, they're always got their ears and eyes open looking for that opportunity. They're not treating it as, and that's why I asked that question before, Belinda, because some people think, oh, I've got to put in extra time out of my business to do this. But our top tier of members who are really successful, that's just how they program. They just integrate uh, the whole BNI system into what they do, and they're always thinking of that. It's always in the back of their mind: how can this how can this benefit my BNI group and my referral partners in my BNI group? How can I help them today? And because they know if they do that, it's going to actually come back to them in spades down the track. In the beginning, I think you've got to put maybe a bit more in before it does become a natural instinct, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's certainly not a day a week that I'm spending on on B and I on across all those those fields, visitors, referrals, you know, one to ones. It just yeah, they it just happens, but it doesn't happen the moment you know you attend your first meeting as a member. Brent, let me ask you a question: When a member joins B and I, and they are given a bit of an orientation. What do you think the first thing they're told not to worry about is? Mostly, not by all chapters, but mostly. Yeah, they're told that don't worry about inviting visitors because inviting visitors is hard. That's right. And then you listen to this incredible woman and what stuck out for me is she just didn't stop looking. She just didn't, she didn't approach the task as being something that was climbing Mount Everest she just approached the task as being, I'm really proud of what I do. I want everyone to have this opportunity. I'm going to talk to everyone I meet about it. And I'm actually going to look for opportunities on social media as well. She was active, constantly yeah. doing something. I think inviting visitors worth, is worth five referrals to a chapter um, because even if that person doesn't join, what we find is people end up doing business with visitors as well in the room. People get business from visitors. Uh, so many people report back that they've got business from visitors who didn't join the chapter. So why don't we just invite them along? Invite them along. Um, but, you know, really to grow a chapter. And one of the things we're really going to look at in 2024 is growing the sizes of our chapters because we know from our large chapters now, the ones that are around the 50-odd mark, they're doing four times the amount of business that the ones that are around the 30 mark are. So isn't it in your best interest to actually grow your chapter? And, um, you know, if you double the chapter, you quadruple the amount of business that gets done and everyone wins. But we can't do that without inviting visitors into the room. And inviting visitors is easy. It's just asking the question and inviting people along to a business meeting. Inviting people along to to see a meeting, not asking them to join, not asking them to be a part of a network or commit themselves. People need to see the value before they can even make a decision of, of committing. And that's why people sort of find this too hard because they tell them too much about B&I 
and then they get rejected because people make a, a decision on coming based on what they've told them. And uh, and then people get disheartened and say, oh, inviting visitors is hard. But if you do it the right way, it's easy. And I think, too, look, for me personally, I, I've always had success inviting visitors, even mentioning B&I, because people know that I believe red. So if they speak to me, I'm gonna, it's going to come up in conversation everywhere because it's such a big part of my life. But I think you've got to just say it with authenticity as well. You can't be saying, oh, by the way, I need to, and, had a, and that people smell fear and they smell desperation, right? So we need to make sure that when you're inviting people, only invite people that you truly feel that it's going to benefit and that you truly feel is going to bring a contribution to the group. We don't just need a body in the room. We need people that really want the benefits of what we do. Yeah, yeah, think about people if they could. Uh, and you're doing people a favour when you're inviting them along, I think, because a lot of people haven't heard about what we do. And people say, oh, why don't we advertise in B&I? Well, if we advertise in B&I, what you're going to do is you're going to get your competitors come in the room for all the popular categories and want to join them, then go away upset when they can't be a part of it. So that's why, you know, focused inviting is really key to B&I and filling those chapters and offering the opportunities that are available in your group. Yeah, absolutely. And so who is our fifth podcast today? <laughs> I think you know, and I think this was one of our <laughs> I think this exciting. was one of our favorite our favorite interviews. And if you haven't heard it, go back to episode one hundred where we went away from script and we didn't interview an Australian member. We interviewed the founder and chief visionary officer of BNI, Dr. Ivan Meisner, and he was fantastic to interview. He's in great form. And um, he went over um, podcasting, um, his Brody moment, which uh, which uh, V absolutely loved, and um, and the biggest change in BNI. We're going to share that today, but um, if you get a chance over the break, you haven't heard episode 100, have a listen to it. But here's a bit of it now. Now, I want to get on to the podcasting thing because uh, now everyone seems to have a podcast. Uh, the platform is very popular uh, in our on-demand world. Uh, the people like to get things on demand and and listen, learn, etc. But you're a real podcasting pioneer. You started the official BNI podcast in 2007. That's over 15 years ago, and you've done as last look 744 weekly episodes. Um, how did that come about? Um, you know, somebody said to me, <clears throat> you need to be blogging. And, 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 and I thought, okay, fine, I'll blog because I, I'm a writer and I can use the blogging to help write books and ideas. But then they also said, you got a podcast. And I'm like, what the heck's a podcast? You know, this is 2007. What's a podcast? And, um, and someone came to me who said, you know, I can do this for you. I can actually set it all up and do it. And he did it for the first six months, and then Priscilla came on. And Priscilla's been with me for 14 wow. and a half years. Um, I started doing the podcast because the beauty of technology is that it flattens the communication hierarchy. It enables people to connect with me directly in a way that didn't exist before podcasting, blogging, anything. And so people can post a message. And by the way, I read every message that gets posted on a BNI podcast that people are responding to. I read them all and my blog. And so it's a way to connect with me um, that, you know, without the technology could just could never happen. I can't, I can't imagine what BNI would be without. I can, uh, 
Oh, sorry. Uh, just before we get on to the, I can say I've listened since episode one, <laughs> and I used to be able to quote episodes years ago. Seven hundred and forty-four. I I can't. I can't direct people. You probably still can, but um, we. You remember the one? Be- it's early on. It's in the first year. It says, "I'm a baby boomer. What's a podcast?" <laughs> That's that was one of my podcasts. And I did it because all the baby boomers are like me. They were like, what's a podcast? I don't know what it is. Well, that's what, anyway. that's what I'm just about to get to. We, I used to burn podcasts to CDs and put them in the chapter <laughs> education library so people could listen to them in their car. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and we used to have, um, for, for the new people in B&I, we, when, before we had B&I Business Builder, we had chapter education libraries which had books and audio cds from conferences all that sort of thing in there so we used to share it that way because a lot of people had no idea on what a podcast was or how to access it uh 15 years ago which is uh, amazing to think now well so i'm actually quite um uh quite aware of the later podcast because every week in our bni meetings we put up a new podcast for the chapter members to uh, to listen to and it's always you know 744 and then it was 743 and 742 so we do it um as much as we can in that order so i really appreciate those coming out we're mixing them up a little bit now with um the australian story podcast too but Ivan, i've always wanted to ask you this question 37 years ago when you were in your own business and you had an idea and you always talk about this one-page document that you had in front of you. What was the vision that you had then? And what is the vision when you sit and you think now of what that person 37 years ago had in mind? Does it not blow your mind? Yeah, it definitely blows my mind. Um, you got to understand it. it would be a nice sort of uh, an example of necessity being the mother of invention. I didn't plan on creating an organization. I simply wanted a referral group because I went to a referral group that worked for me. I went to groups that were incredibly mercenary and everybody was trying to sell to each other. And I felt like I'd been slimed when I, when I left and I needed to go home and get a shower. <laughs> and then I went to these other groups that were totally social. It was happy hour and hors d'oeuvres. Everyone was drinking <laughs> and talking and nobody was doing business. I didn't like either of those. What I wanted to do was take the groups that were mercenary. I wanted to have a focus on business, but not be mercenary. And I wanted to take groups that were relational, but not totally social. And the glue that would hold the two together is this principal core value of being honest, givers gain. And, and I just wanted, I just wanted a group. And so I invited my friends and I hoped that they would refer me. I was willing to refer them. And uh, a woman came after about two months who said, this is great, uh, but I can't join because my classification is taken as listeners know, we only take one person per professional classification. And she said, would you help me open up my own group? And I actually, you guys, I actually said, no, 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 I, I don't do this. I'm a, I'm a business consultant. I'm, I don't run a network. And she's like, come on, you know, this is, you're kind of helping me build my business. I'm like, That's a stretch. Okay. And so I opened up the second chapter and it was like off to the races. People just kept asking me to open another one and another one and another one. And it had been a year and I opened 20 chapters without a plan. Oh my God. And that's when I had my Brody moment. You, you remember Jaws, the movie Jaws? Yeah. Uh, towards the end, Sheriff Brody is throwing out chum yeah. and the and shark comes up for the first time and he turns around and he walks over to the captain and he says, you're going to need a bigger boat. And so it was in December of 1985 where I realized I'm going to need a bigger boat. This is going to be way bigger than I ever thought. Um, 
And, and it hit me, we don't teach this in colleges and universities anywhere in the world. And people are hungry for referral marketing. They want to get referrals. And that's why uh, that and the system and the process and the culture, that's why BNI has grown. 10,800 groups in 76 countries. It just it literally blows me away. When people ask me, what are you part of? I can't even articulate it. But the way that you've just explained it, I completely understand. You You were just saying yes to every opportunity that came along to help someone else. And you just kept yeah, helping. Well, there's a consultant. That, that's sort of what you do. You know, you help them. Um, I just didn't think I was going to help them in this way. Uh, you know, because I, I, my, my background's in organizational behavior. Yeah. And it wasn't really, you know, and I was a management consultant doing strategic planning and HR work. Um, but I just couldn't, you know, after a couple of chapters, I just couldn't say no anymore because I just saw people light up with the relationships that they're creating and the referrals that that they're generating. Uh, you know, last year in 2021, 20, we passed over 12 million referrals. And we generated over over 18 billion, with a B, over 18 billion U.S. dollars worth of business for our members and, and for each other through referrals. Now, just so you know, that's twice as much as the gross domestic product for the country of Liechtenstein. Okay. Okay, that's it's a small country, using, I know. That's one you've been using for a while. <laughs> yeah, guess. it is. It is, but... <laughs> It is, but not everybody's heard it. Brent, you've been around a long time. Uh, when I first started using it, we, we had the same as the GDP for Liechtenstein, but now we're twice. All right, so here's another one. There are 10 countries in the world whose GDP is less than the business BNI generates for its members. Wow, that, that's, that's impressive. It's impressive. It's not as funny, but it's impressive. <laughs> Hey, um, and speaking of which, and we this it's amazing, Jenny, how it started uh, thirty seven years ago, and and how and how it all works, and even you know, I've, you know I look back at my BNI journey, and you know, I found out about BNI totally by chance. I've been here for you know nearly twenty three years now, so um, it's just um, it's absolutely amazing how we've brought people together into this organisation. But we've been in Australia twenty five years this year. How did B and I end up in Australia? Can you tell us a bit about the, or can you remember the uh, yeah. how that came about? It was through referral. Um, the a a member in um, Missouri <clears throat> referred somebody to open up Ch- uh, Canada. Uh, that person in Canada got a director uh, who um, then decided that they could do something in Australia, found someone in Australia uh, to open up uh, 25 years ago. So it was really a, a referral to a referral to a referral. It started up. Uh, Fantastic. To uh, so think we started 25 years ago from a referral and we're a referral organization. Go figure. You know, uh, every one of our countries have opened by referral except two. One read my book and one wanted to start a network and did some research online and found BNI as the largest. And we weren't in their country. And so they reached out to us. Those are the only two countries that didn't open. By yeah. So I think I, um, well, I, I think I'm going to know the answer to this question, but our listeners probably won't. What's been the biggest change in 37 years of BNI that you've seen that you thought, wow. I would not have actually 
uh, thought would be here right now doing this? Well, I'm, you know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure there is a lot uh, because I, you know, I, I have that chief visionary officer title. Um, there are a lot of things that happened that I didn't see. I didn't foresee when I started it, but most of the things that, you know, we have gotten to, um, they were in my head years before. For example, 10,000 chapters. In 1986, uh, I, you know, we didn't have Monsieur Google to get uh, data from. I went to a library uh, and uh, did research for six months and and came up with the fact that I thought that someday BNI could have 10,000 chapters. That was 1986. And I remember telling a good friend of mine, it was June of 86, I told a good friend of mine, you know, someday I think BNI could have 10,000 chapters. And he said, and, and how many chapters do you have now, Ivan? I said, 30. And he said, and you think you can have 10,000? I'm like, yeah, I, I really think we can have 10,000. And he's, he's like, it's good to have goals, Ivan. Really good to have goals. <laughs> I thought I was crazy. So, um, you know, I saw that um, with technology, people think, well, you know, we're not a tech company. But listen, we've always been cutting edge. You can't get the domain BNI.com if you weren't an early adopter. Yeah. I mean, we got a three-letter .com domain. So we were an early adopter. BNI Connect, we were an early adopter, getting a platform for all of our members to get on worldwide. So, you know, there were a lot of things that I didn't see in 1985, but most of where we've gone to, it's because we had a plan. I mean, even, even going online, we had a plan. I wrote an article in 2018 it was published by entrepreneur.com. It basically said the future of face-to-face -face is online. Yeah, I read that article. And most members at the time, and most directors at the time, thought, well, the old man's losing it. <laughs> what is he thinking? I, I, I didn't think that. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. Um, you, you, you fib well. Um, most people thought I was crazy. Now, I thought it was going to happen because of the technology, not because of COVID. But the beauty of it was when COVID hit, there was this mindset in the organization of, hey, you know, the technology is kind of there that we could start this. And we transitioned 10,000 chapters in weeks. And so, um, you know, I, 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 there's very little that was a total shock. How lucky am I that we weren't filming back then? <laughs> <laughs> I was so starstruck. And like, what time was it? It was some ungodly hour of the morning. Oh, we, like were, we were 7 o'clock our time, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, so and he was like uh, eight or nine o'clock in the evening in Austin. Yeah, I felt like it was much earlier in the morning back then. But I just remember thinking, "Oh my God, I'm actually speaking to the Ivan Meisner." I mean, for me, that's like you know, someone wants to meet Sylvester Stallone. That was for me the moment, and and not not because I think he's some superhero action figure, because I and I asked him the question, "How did you do it? Like, how does someone just start sitting at a table?" pull out a piece of paper, write a few notes and create what I'm a part of today. And what was really clear to me is, and he said it, I wasn't planning on building an organisation. I just planned or I was trying to just share referrals. And it was very clear when I spoke to him, as when we spoke to him, that his vision was for people to connect in business. That was it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely enjoyed that doing that podcast with you and Ivan. And uh, that was 
that was great fun and um yeah when someone like that's really personable and and uh and you know it's not scripted or anything like that 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 made it real special and we did a couple of things with him in the podcast that he'd never done before like we did the word association game so once again go back and revisit episode 100 it was a lot of fun and uh, i think you'll really enjoy it and it's a different side of ivan than what is in the um what is in the the global podcast that you hear you know every time you you sort of a, a bit of a different side of him he was a bit more laid back every time i um every time i hear a podcast I'm like what else has he got left in the tank i mean what else could he possibly have to share but he just has these these golden nuggets that just keep coming out and keep coming out keep coming out he truly just lives and breathes people connecting networking business and he is the chief visionary officer because what he started with was a vision for people to do business in a different way. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and as you heard from the clip, he, BNI has been at the forefront of technology changes, and that's what sort of kept us in front of everyone. Um, you know, the first first ones to sort of enter into podcasting, um, you know, way back when, you know, a, a three-letter .com website, you know, uh, I think you know Bank of Indonesia, which is BNI. I don't think they're pretty happy about BNI getting that first because you see they get mixed up with us. But um, you know, and you know things like that. BNI Connect, a global um, platform where all our members can, can connect. And if you um, look out for his new book, the the Third Paradigm, which um, talks about. Um, co-working, but also is roughly based on the struggles he went through with BNI Connect. And at the start, it was a, it was a nightmare. Um, so, yeah, look out for that. Yeah, so, and even when we went into COVID, you know, being set up on Zoom and flipping on the Zoom straight away, uh, like all the chapters did, that's, you know, that's ahead of the game. So, um, yeah, Ivan's uh, really ahead of the game and BNI's ahead of the game in that respect. Yeah. Look, this has been a fantastic podcast. I've loved going back and listening to these podcasts again. I don't know how often you do it because I'm often trying to get onto the official podcast and catch up on those ones too. But I hope that if everyone um, who is listening, please try and listen to as many of uh, all the podcasts as you can because it gives you a much much more rounded view of what BNI is like around the world, not just in Australia, but also in America, and there are other podcasts out there, and share with us. Like, you know, pop some questions into the uh, into the Facebook group. Let us know if there's someone out there with a, an interesting story. And it doesn't need to be great stories of success. It could be stories of resilience, people that have been really resourceful, people that have, um, you know, the givers gain, lots and lots of different things that we can share with members around Australia. Yep. Wholeheartedly agree. V, it's been another great year of being on the Australian Story podcast. I pre- appreciate your input. Uh, you're a superstar. Thanks for uh, co-hosting with me. And we'll be back bigger and better in 2024. Yes, we will. And actually, while we uh, close out for 2023, I'd just like to say congratulations, Brent, on for a little bit of time having the three top chapters in Australia. In the traffic lights, and uh, you know firsthand what it's like to uh, have three over 50 chapters that went platinum. 
And we've seen the successes and the, and the challenges of getting to those numbers and, and they're absolutely just killing it now. So congratulations on that and thank you too. It's been a great year. Thanks to everyone who supported us. Thank you to our producer who's been looking after our sound and audio as well and to everyone at BNI Australia. Merry Christmas and have a very happy and safe new year. Thank you for listening to BNI The Australian Story, brought to you by BNI Australia. We invite your feedback to our Facebook page and remember to subscribe through iTunes, Google Podcasts or your favourite podcast service.